Out of Beta, episode 101. Woohoo! Look at us. This this is like the real new season in a sense. It's like we're in we're three digit podcast now. Wow. Well, 100 episodes per season is that's a pretty epic show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard uh, several people complaining on Twitter that podcasts just start like they just start cold with and with like inside jokes and stuff like that. I wonder if if we should get mm. more serious about our intros. And that, since that's... this is episode 101, and maybe we should give like a quick 101 uh, lesson good idea. or lecture on what auto beta is and who we are. That's that a great weird? idea. No, I think that's that's a great idea. You want to go first? What? What? First of all, like, why are we doing this? What's this podcast about? This is like this is going to be a place to send people instead of episode one, which is like pretty far back. <laughs> Yeah, that would be way, that would be, that's pretty brutal uh, to have to start at the beginning. So this, yeah, this podcast is covering our journeys of starting these two new companies. Well, they're less new now, but they were brand new then. And you and I met. We reinvent them all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And you and I met through Tiny Seed. Yeah. In 2019, in the spring, in Las Vegas where uh, rob introduced us and then uh, in the summer that summer we started this podcast yeah the first hangout we had we actually had lunch with patrick mckenzie or like kind of a lunch i remember that yeah (laughs) yeah that's true good times yep and now here we are what 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 why are we still at this 101 episodes later (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) Well, it took longer than than I thought, at least, because the first one didn't work out. So, um, yeah, if people if people want to follow my journey from the beginning, they can listen to the previous product, which was called Branch, which was a, a product for WordPress developers. And um, I stopped working on that around New Year this year, and then I guess in we had a a month long hiatus from this podcast from middle of february to the middle of march but from the middle of march is when i sort of came back and told everyone what we were working on and and announced the new product that we're working on now called reform which is a form builder tool yeah and um it's it was you were a bit earlier than i but you also sort of (laughs) started working on a new product even though Mm -hmm. it was called the same yeah yeah i went through i went through a number of changes with it so the original name of the company was sim because i thought yeah we're going to help oh, people yeah. simulate their simulate their SaaS businesses and very literal non-creative name and uh renamed it summit uh eventually but the real changes on our side is just realizing just learning so much about the market so the idea was let's create a product that does financial planning and forecasting for people which is kind of a hotter space than it was even in 2019 for sure. There's a lot of new entrants into it. And, you know, a lot of people go up market with their products when they learn things. We we kind of did some, I think in some sense we've moved down market, but maybe better said, you know, horizontally. We've kind of, we, we decided to go horizontal. So the big shift with our product was rather than trying to make a tool that's geared towards finance people, Um, or people who are looking for financial services, meaning CFO-like services, 
why don't we create a more general purpose tool using the same technology underneath? And that has meant a couple of rewrites over the last 18 months, um, which is kind of crazy. So, so SimSAS and then, and now Summit has had, you know, this is, this is the fourth and final, I want to say front end, um, for it. And this is, you know, the data model has changed twice, but, um, you know, a lot of evolution, man, just a lot of evolution just to find that product market fit. So we're now about to launch the next version of our product in a couple weeks. And by launch, I mean, open it up to general public. Yeah. Same, same with me. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, enough of the intro. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, (laughs) that's the long one. We'll come up with the short pivy one for one Oh two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see where we are, what the companies are called then. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we've gone freemium and started Freeform instead. Oh, man. That, not a bad name. Not a bad name. <laughs> Reform, is, Reform is a great name, and I'm seeing it more and more places these days when random founders say, hey, sign up for this or check out that. There's often a Reform link in their tweet. Yeah, I mean, I love that we're helping. This is like, I find it so awesome that we're helping startups launch like and we're like i i have the feeling that there are even like a few cases where people were thinking about doing something and then because they knew they had a reform they're like okay let's give this a try i kind of want to try this product i kind of want to like see if people resonate with this idea and um that actually happened this weekend with uh with someone who who had an idea for a sort of like a side project or something like that and then and they threw it out there and they got a lot of good feedback on that much more than they thought and that's cool that's pretty awesome i think that is that is you were there for them at that very special moment but uh that's a cool place to be for sure you can build a lot of loyalty that way so and i like what you're doing with with with, uh i love what you're doing with the templates that i saw just in terms of hey do you need something for this use case here you go yeah that like I think that's going to be important because there's a big timing issue with forms right now where like just today, someone sent me a message or they they reply to the survey we send out to people that don't really convert after a week. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he's really keen to use reform. Like he's excited to try it out, but he just hadn't had a use case yet. And he's, he's, he's going to use it as soon as he has a need. Um, And a lot of people like that. Um, so mm. most of the people that actually become customers, they signed up maybe a month before that. So it's something we have to figure out. Like either it's a, either it's something we can solve maybe uh, with like a clever pricing model or some sort of deal or something like that. But we also we can also do more to inspire people to do forms. Like um, Today I pushed out the template to do a Van Westen Westendorp uh, pricing price sensitivity uh, survey. Yeah. yeah, which is something I've heard Patrick Campbell from Profitwell talk about a few times. Um, yep, you basically uh, you almost do like a binary search on uh, on your pricing, or you let your customers do like a binary search to find the ideal price for your yeah. for your product. So you're mm-hmm. like, what would be way too expensive and what would be way too cheap and what would be feel expensive and what would feel like a really good deal. And then you kind of like, you zoom in like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something, I mean, 
pretty much probably all SaaS companies should be doing that or even not just SaaS companies, but like product companies. So by inspiring people to do stuff like that, maybe we can maybe we can move that point where they want to do a survey f- uh, forward a bit. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's great because you're creating more demand for it or you're saying there's kind of this half formed demand where people have this kind of nagging desire to be more proactive or to do more research and you're kind of pushing them over the you might help nudge them over the edge and say man if all i have to do is just use this thing and it's clean and i don't have to sign up for a different service why not send this why why not do that this month you know and yeah you're kind of feeding people just that little bit of work that needs to be done to do this activity that is valuable it's proven that it's valuable you're kind of taking away any excuse not to do it right yeah i hope so so that's uh i'm gonna go into my update now because i kind of well already started (laughs) that's another uh thing we do in this podcast we do we give updates on a sort of weekly basis and we try to split it up into maker and manager yeah maker yeah go ahead inspired by paul graham's essay on maker management time i uh definitely been both uh this past week because uh bjorn is on vacation so yesterday i i was saying to maya that i hadn't talked to bjorn for eight days like not a single message and i think that's the first time since we started working mm. together mm-hmm. um literally literally hadn't heard from him or see him on twitter or anything like that so and i i thought that was great like not that i don't want to talk to him but it's a good sign that he's actually on vacation yeah and, it's um, healthy but then yesterday uh one of the we have this automated tool called checkly that basically just it just um hammers out form submissions all day and we have a few different forms like all the different types of forms you can do basically and then we just have this bot just sitting there all day just filling out forms and so we realize if if we deploy something and it broke something or if something happened so it's mm-hmm. like an embedded form multi-step forms and multi-step embedded forms and all this stuff so good one of those Easy checks right failed there. And the minute after I got the email that it failed and I didn't actually, I missed the email because I was doing something else. Bjorn was uh, on Slack and he was like, hey, did you deploy something today? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, And I did, but that actually wasn't the issue uh, because the next check uh, was green. So I think it was just like a network glitch, some dust on the pipes or something like that. Um, That's, That's funny. Well, yeah, you, you, but you know, you know, he's got your back. I knew, I know now that he was there the whole time. I just, I didn't know for <laughs> sure, like until <laughs> you tested it. I'm glad he didn't have to do anything really, but um, yeah, yeah, it was good to know, <laughs> like uh, a test, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he he passed. Yeah, so uh, cool. yeah, so I've been doing a lot of very different things. Um, but mostly just preparing for our launch, which is going to be, I'm going to go on vacation next week. And then when we can't, when I come back um, is when we plan to launch. So I just want to have everything ready. Uh, so this week I've been working uh, the past week, I've been working on our website. So um, 
that's been fun. I've used the Netlify's, I think it's Netlify that made it a static framework called Eleventy. It's hmm. so simple, which is what I love. Like you could just, I start, we our website was just an index.html file, a very old yeah. school. But you could mm-hmm. just you can just keep using that structure. But then it just adds all the you know the this, this stuff to like uh, actually compile it down and re- remove that .html part of the URL when you do sub pages and mm-hmm. um, you know have URL structure folders and stuff like that and and you know use NPS to pull in Tailwind and stuff like that. So I've been setting that up and it's and, and started building out the website with like a pricing page and. Also yeah. started working on a launch uh, post, so yeah, nice. that's been fun. I'm like really excited to just get this thing launched today. I sent the last invite uh, from the the spreadsheet I have with all the early access signups, and um, I still send invites when they you know when they land in my inbox. Now I just send one immediately, but um, mm-hmm. I uh, I'm done with the spreadsheet now. It feels really good. <laughs> that's so. Um, that's sweet. Now it's still growing, right? Though, so you'll have to do more or another, or what's? Yeah, but they don't or... go into the spreadsheet. Like now, they just go into the, like okay. now that I'm, like I pulled out the spreadsheet and and started working on that. But then since I did that, every time someone just like new signs up, I just send them an invite whenever I get to them in my inbox. Okay, got it. Yeah, so I get right. a few of them every day. Uh, so the bulk of the work is done that part of the work is done. And I, ha- I have like wow, a template yeah. I use for my weekly schedule in Notion. I do like mm-hmm. a weekly to-do every week and I have a, a template for it now. And it cool. felt good to go in and remove the send out invites today task every yeah. day. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that was a the thing. Then I've been working on our onboarding sequence, email sequence for when people actually sign up to try to get like to what we just talked about, try to get inspire people to get started a bit earlier um, than they normally would. So I've started working on this sequence and I shared it on Twitter as well. Like I, I really care about making it really good. So I'm, I'm spending quite a bit of time on it because I feel like it's one of those things where if like you can do a, you could do a, like you could spend a day writing something and then, it's sort of okay. And it's just what people expect, like, you know, mediocre email sequence when you sign up for something and you just mark it as red. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, I actually like, so I want it to be good. So I'm spending a bit more time and I think it's an opportunity to actually inspire people to to use the product. Um, so I've been thinking about how, like, how do I actually get people to read these emails? Because um, I think, even if you sent me something very valuable, like I wouldn't notice because I probably wouldn't read it. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. first email in the sequence has a more, um, when you, how do you want to say it? Clickbaity <laughs> mm-hmm. um, title. And it's more fun. Like it's more of a fun email. Um, it, the, the subject is uh, something along the lines of this is what happens when someone signs up for reform dot, dot, dot. And then the email goes through like sort of what normally happens. Like I get a notification in Slack. I get really excited. <laughs> I see, I check their website. I send a, a DM to Bjorn and he gets excited. And then, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that. <laughs> that's, that's really clever. Yeah. I like that. 
Yeah, and then the next one is like that's I've I've kind of inspired by Val Geisler's dinner party uh, method that she has. So the next one is much more value focused, um, and that one is more about like it's I think five ways that you can grow your business with uh, forms. So I'm sharing some of the use cases like you could you could do the price sensitivity uh, survey just to find your right the right price for your product or you could measure your product market fit with this product market fit template or you could you know have an early mm. access sign up if you have an idea but you haven't started working on it yet or mm-hmm. taking signups for it so just ways that people can get value from the product um, and yeah it's been it's been fun to work on like because um we're sort of like entering vacation mode it's the kind of thing where it's it's a nice thing to spend the day like trying to be creative and 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 writing some good emails and and try to make yeah. it valuable. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then I um speaking of creative, um I I really wanted because we're, I'm doing the, redoing the website, I, I wanted something different than what we have right now for screenshots of the product which is Acme Corp, which is um it's just not great like i feel like it was an, a missed opportunity to have a better uh like to sh- have a better showcase of the of the product and so i i spent way too much time like trying to come up with a fake brand basically to uh use in screenshots but in my mind i thought like if we can come up with a really good brand it's going to be much easier to do all this marketing material because we'll always have like use cases and you know it's going to be easy to take a screenshot of something because you just you know like you slap this logo on and these are the colors and so i wanted something mm-hmm. um i wanted something good right and then i also you know when i was working on branch i did the billable hours podcast and i felt like I had that yeah. that was a good brand as well and there's like a good branding thing Mm-hmm. And I felt like this could be an opportunity as well to do more with the fake brand. So like maybe have some sort of content brand, I guess, for like podcast or a blog or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I actually started playing with a few ideas there. The one I liked the most was um, called asking for a friend. So <laughs> I just thought like you could do a lot of funny, like kind of memes uh, yeah, in forms yeah. with the asking for a friend brand, but it could also be a great title for a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, or a blog or something like that about you know talking That's to your customers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then the more I thought about it, it's like it didn't really show what you could do with the product if you are the kind of people that we we're trying to sell the product to right now. Which like I so I kind of wanted to be generic, but in reality, all the people that sign up right now are start are startup people from my network, right? Right, right. So, and I think the reason we've been successful right now is because people have seen our use cases, which are all the startup use cases, like Mm -hmm. our onboarding form, our early access form, our feedback form. So they're seeing all the forms that they would use themselves. And we've just turned them all into templates and people are really using the templates. So making it super generic and funny wouldn't really show people how they could use right, it. So even right. though I really liked the idea, like I, I pulled back. My wife had a hilarious idea at some point about just doing basically a ra- like doing a brand for just random things and just kind of like brand the forms. 
the idea I came up with was like so random. It's like soy sauce. So we'd just have a survey <laughs> that just had like a soy sauce bottle as a logo. And then the question would be still the same type of question. Like, would you recommend soy sauce to a friend or colleague? <laughs> <laughs> how likely? <laughs> yeah, how likely? <laughs> Extremely likely or not likely at all. <laughs> And Perfect. so she came up with a long list of things that we could rate. Um, mm -hmm. Another idea I had was doing like a choose your own adventure game because that's, that's right, a way to show right, the right. logic features we have. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started thinking about like, it would be fun if it was like, choose your own corporate adventure. And it just <laughs> starts with something like, you're in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> a, B, or C. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I don't know. I ended up spending like better part of uh, a day in the office uh, just <laughs> trying because it was it was blocking me because all the tasks on my list relating to the landing page needed this brand somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's one of those things that's really easy to overlook. Became way too important. Yeah, when you're when you're not on this side, it's so easy to overlook the that detail and realize that, that yeah. detail is kind of an iceberg and that somebody had to like make a decision to, to show yeah whatever so yeah i totally get it you know you're you're blocked because you're you're like three decisions behind on this yeah. stupid th this thing that seems really stupid but is actually totally. important <laughs> yeah yeah then uh <laughs> i was complaining to you and derek and then derek was like why don't you just buy a brand from the one of those companies where they just you know they have a logo a name and a domain name for you mm -hmm. and i started looking at a few of those but they were all like one or two thousand dollars so oh, wow. it, yeah. it felt like it was too much for for just a fake brand mm -hmm. then derek sent me a link to something called indiebrands.io i think hmm. and it was perfect like they had these great names um so one of them was only 250 dollars it was called May Bay, mail bay like the Bay Area, not Bay, like Babe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what people are calling it now. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Like eBay. Yeah. Yes. Mail Bay. Um, and um, yeah, so I bought that. In the beginning, I was like, do you want to pay $250 for this? Like maybe I like this idea, but maybe I could just come up with a name myself and just throw it on like a logo generator or something like that. But that was just so bad. And then, so I. I maybe spend like 15 minutes doing that. And I was like, no, dude, the whole point is like, you want to outsource this because it's not worth spending more time on it right now. Yeah. So I went back to the website and bought mailbay.co and uh, cool. got the logo now. So I did like, I set up a, a reform account for, for this startup, fake startup. And uh, you can go to like, you can go to the website mailbay.co and I'll see like a reform uh, page for it already. Very so, cool. yeah, I mean, this was a perfect solution to the problem I had because right now I'm like, I can think of all these fun startup -y use cases we can show. Like we'll never run out because startups need forms for all these things. So as long as we want to do like startup -y kind of branding, this is going to be perfect for, mm -hmm. for that. And uh, it's going to be perfect. Like every live demo, every screencast, every, like we just, you just need stuff like that all the freaking time. You do. And yeah. I just I, love that idea, and it, I think it's going to turn out to be a great investment. <laughs> I think I'm going to steal this idea. 
this <laughs> it's so simple it's so great like and 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 these brands like you, this is not how you want to start a company right like you don't want to just pick a brand and then come up with a yeah. business idea for it like that's the yeah. wrong way but for like a dummy idea like this perfect gosh i actually see a couple that i really like you know i'm doing um mock uh, business models and financial models all the time and they yeah. have to have a name on them we could add branding at some point how much better to have you know and then you're kind of in this lurch where you're like well you get to know it could i ask someone permission you know and and get get to use yeah. their probably not and you can't just abuse a user or customer's like logo with all your marketing materials so um very cool, man. I like I like this a lot. I think I think I might indulge in one of these for our own. And it's fun too, honestly. Yeah, this is cool. Going to build up a little. Yeah. Affin- you're going to build up a little affinity for this mail bay company. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have worst case, As I said on Twitter, we have a backup company we could do. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're pivoting over to mail bay. What does it do? Yeah. We're not sure yet. Yeah. <laughs> But sign up here for the early access. It's actually a storage locker for all of your junk mail. You just throw it in. <laughs> we call it mail bay. And anytime you want to come by, you can open up your bay <laughs> and see all your mail that you don't want. Uh, yeah. And then we burn it for you for an extra charge once a month. We just Ed Freyfogel on Twitter said that he unfortunately was already using Mail Fjord instead. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that I'm very susceptible to that kind of humor. That's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Can I just say one more thing? Uh, just like a, ra- a quick one minute I ex- rant. I think so. Yeah. It's just something I've been thinking about. Like other, I've li- been listening to an audiobook that I I've listened to it before. It's awesome. So I want to recommend it. It's called The Dondo Investor. It's by Munish Prabhai. I don't know if you know him. Mm-mm. He's a uh, He's a, a big follower of Warren Buffett. And I think he once paid to like go to a dinner with Warren Buffett. Hmm. And then he uh, later uh, became um, a fund manager himself. So he's, he has a, a, a very big fund that he manages, but he's using the, he's friends with Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett and he uses their approach very much. Mm-hmm. The Dondo Investor is amazing. Like it, hmm. it talks about all these different, um, businesses where they have low risk, uh, high uncertainty, and some of them have pretty low profit margins, but then they these people find clever ways to apply the leverage to them. So the okay. book talks a lot about leverage. Um, hmm. And it's, it's just an awesome book. Like it's, it's one of the best books about investment um, cool. I've ever read. And um, huh. it, it talks about like it's these uh, Indian entrepreneurs who moved to the US and then they they bought these mot- motels in the 70s like you're super cheap whenever there would be a recession or something like that they would buy them for pennies and they would move into them and then you know they would just run them and it would also serve as their home so they would it would be cheap for them right they would have extremely low cost of living and mm-hmm. then when it got big enough like they would hire someone and then buy the next motel and maybe move there as well and just do that and some of them would just become these huge hotel empires hmm. so it's just yeah if you like that kind of stuff you'll like that book um but it made me think a lot about this whole concept of leverage and bootstrapping and funding and i also listened to naval's um the the naval manac the almanac of naval yeah and um 
that one is really good as well. He talks about how there are three kinds of leverage, code leverage and capital leverage and people leverage. And they're mm. kind of ranked in that order. Okay. The I think the, the indie hacker movement, people really understand code leverage um, mm. to a, like almost like an extreme degree, like Peter Levels and people like him are, you know, oh, yeah. they're really, really drinking that Kool-Aid. How far can you um, take it basically, right? Yeah, I think people are like the thing that I kind of wanted to say is I think people are the bootstrap in the bootstrapper world. People are very skeptical about the, you know, capital leverage options that there are. And it just made me think like if you if you have a bootstrap business, if you have anything actually that works with just a, a little profit margin, it doesn't need to be a very big profit margin. The lower the profit margin is, the more leverage you just need. But I think people forget about this. And I don't have a lot more to say about it, except that I, 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 <laughs> I kind of, it kind of makes me think sometimes that a lot of people that are, you know, hardcore bootstrappers, like it's either that they, I, I'm just wondering if people are not really understanding what leverage is and what it can do. Um, like if you have something that works, if you can apply more capital to it and make it work more or faster, it's the yep. whole like, um, is it Archimedes? Like, give me a lever long enough and I can move the earth. Yep. If you have something that can scale and you have something with just some profit margin, mm -hmm. you just need a lot, like you just need enough leverage and... I don't know. I don't know what I want to say with this, except it's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, yeah, there is such a thing as being undercapitalized, right? And you can also be overcapitalized, but undercapitalized means that you know you have an engine that can turn some money into more money, but for whatever sort of dogmatic reasons, I'll just call it that. Um, and people are free to choose whatever they want to, but for whatever reason, separate from the ec economics you've decided you don't want to do that, right? And I think I'll tie it into a thought I've been having lately uh, that's related is like, I think the same movement, especially bootstrapping and that whole just independence mindset, I think we overestimate the degree to which we can control the size of the business we're building and how it needs to work. I think the market and our timing has a lot more to do with how big the, the business needs to be and is going to be than we do. It, you know, it's not like you can build a small version of some of these things. And it's not like you can even build a version of some of these things that takes eight years to build. Like some things, yeah. some things need to be a certain size and they need to be funded a certain way because the market. So I had a, I was in a founders group recently and one of the people speaking, um, she was the co-founder of a business that's actually raised a Series C. So they've raised over $200 million, right? So that that whole direction. And they started out low end. very So they had a free plan or like a $9 plan and then an enterprise plan. And they ended up getting rid of the $9 plan and just having free or enterprise. Like you're either in the $0 bucket or you're paying us a, a, like seven, six or seven figures a year, right? And when I asked her about that, journey her response was really interesting which was we just realized that 
customers require the same amount of support regardless of whether we were charging them $250 a month or $2,500 a month or $25,000 a month. And so if we're going to serve a customer and the fixed costs are the same, it just doesn't make sense to serve that same fixed cost to a customer that's paying you 10 times less, right? And so I thought it was a great example of like, what the market needs apparently is a level of support that doesn't allow that business, at least at this stage, to be like completely self-service, you know, 99% margin, right? Like it needs, it needs touch, it needs inter- human interaction. So you've got this hard, you got this hurdle you have to cover. And like the founder doesn't get to decide that, well, I don't want to build a business that has enterprise sales. So I'm just going to do the low price thing and whatever. It's like, okay, but the market needs, <laughs> like that means somebody else is going to come along and build what the market actually wants because you're, yeah. you just, you're not interested in doing it, which is fine. But that doesn't mean that you're safe, you know? Um, but all oh, when people think like, I'll work my way up to that boots, like pull myself up by the bootstraps, which is actually, I think is supposed to be impossible, which is, makes it funny. Um, <laughs> it feels but, impossible sometimes. <laughs> the like if there is someone who would you know give you some money get some of the company but then allow you to do it faster mm-hmm. um yeah then maybe it would be worth thinking about it well yeah i think certain things just have you know how big does the snowball have to be to get started you know pick your metaphor how how large is the effort to get something to create something of value that lets you get to the next step and some things can be and some things can't you can't you can't bootstrap your way to a spacex you know situation <laughs> like you either build a rocket that does x or you don't and that rocket needs to be of a certain scale and size and everything for that for that test even makes sense right so i was trying you know maybe this is a good segue over to summit um like I've been having conversations with people lately about the amount of resources required to take a horizontal product like our new one to market. And it is harder. It has a higher resource requirement than a niche product, right? Um, because to get to break in and get some kind of critical mass horizontally, it's um, it's a wider effort you know, it's a much wider effort. And so that's an example where you just say, okay, we are going to intentionally spend a lot of money to create momentum in market. And that's the momentum we need for this thing to work. But like, it's not going to work if we don't, at least, if we don't get to a million ARR quickly. And I'm not saying this is true of Summit, but like some businesses, if you, if you don't get to that first ARR quickly, maybe it doesn't work, right? So there's just... Which is a bet. It's a bet, like you're making a bet. Yeah, that's all it is. It's and just a bet. If I could just add one more thing, like I think a lot of bootstrappers are making a very big bet with their time mm. and not valuing their time enough. Oh, for sure. You know, people, yeah. How much time are you willing to spend to hem and haw over a $19 a month subscription? Or are you willing to spend 20 or 30 minutes of your time canceling and then restarting a $19 a month subscription in order to save $19. Cause if you're willing to spend 30 minutes to save $19, you're basically valuing your time at 38 bucks an hour. 
that's and even if you save a year's subscription to something like your tool it, you're saving a hundred and something dollars well then you're still only valid you know what i mean like i think man yeah we're the lack hmm, let me put it this way i think it's a game of optimizing prematurely in some cases and you get obsessed with like i'm going to optimize my spend i'm going to optimize my spend but you can spend time optimizing the downside risk that you're not spending on the upside like how do you apply <laughs> like it's not the same so shrinking my spend is never going to have the upside of investing in the upside you know what i mean like that's not an upside step that's a downside mitigation step that's not yeah and if you can instead add a 19 dollar customer to like you can you can probably value that customer at like 60 times that yep from like a if are you were going to sell the company <laughs> point of view yeah you know if spend the same hour making your welcome sequence any percent better and in theory you've done much better forever than spending it there and that doesn't mean wanton spending but like i think there is a there's a bias towards you know as for example bias towards frugality that doesn't actually get you very far um yeah so yeah it's that's like part of it. You, yeah like you're making the decision to sign up for a product like you've already spent time thinking about it just trust that <laughs> you made that decision and mm -hmm. i don't know maybe you could do a perch once a year or something like that yeah yeah even that's painful i i've been in and this is not a bad exercise but i've been in exercises where you i've had to reduce spending and you end up going through those things and it's painful like it's very painful for me to look at like here's a $23 a month thing. Do we still need this or whatever? And like, okay. I understand it's good hygiene, but again, like I'm, I'm where you were just at. It's like, gosh, I wish I could spend this time finding a $23 a month customer instead. In fact, maybe writing a piece of code that does a lot more than that. So cool. Anyways, I'm going to check out yeah. that book. I'm going to check out that book you recommended. The Don it's great. Monster. Yeah. Sounds cool. Cool. Yeah. It's uh sorry for my, uh, that serve for my weird segment but uh it's just something that was on my mind <laughs> well you put a you put a you put a quarter in me as well and so you got what you yeah. paid for <laughs> i know i know how to do that let's hear you let's hear what's been going on with summit yeah uh summit has been uh laser-like focus on two things um product tour so improving onboarding with a product tour uh, that teaches people how to use Summit, like step-by-step, -step, click here, click here, do this, do that. Intercom. And intercom powered, yep. So we've got a nice fat intercom bill. I'm not ashamed to say. I feel like it's worth it. <laughs> um, so we use intercom products worse for that. And then uh, billing. So Giles has been totally focused uh, for the last couple days on setting up our billing system using Chargebee. Um, so smoothing out that in terms of the checkout process, the payment portal, manager subscriptions. And we're going to do something a little different than I expected. So I thought we were going to end up kind of building our own custom forms and everything on these pages. Turns out that I didn't know this when I first used Chargebee 
about a year and a half ago, but you can, you can actually pass it. Um, you know, the little bit that says, Hey, this user, we already know who this customer is and, and what their email address and username is and their, and their customer ID. So since we already have their customer ID, you don't need them to re-authenticate, if you will, as they go through your hosted checkout process. So we're going to be able to put a embed on the site. It's actually a modal, but when you click buy, it'll be able to pop up a modal that takes their information, lets them manage all their billing, but they won't have to re-authenticate with that, which is what I was worried about. I didn't want them to have like an extra, obviously, authentication step. The nice part is it means that we're just going to rely on that charge B modal to do all of the billing management, add a payment, remove payment, upgrade my account, cancel my account, whatever we want them to do or whatever they want to do. Um, and yeah, basically focus the development time on where do we put the upgrade modal or where do we put the upgrade calls to action? How do they trigger? And those more producty things, which I think is great. Um, so I'm really excited about that. We sh- will be charging we will have our first upgrades this month, uh, this week. <laughs> um, was aiming for today. There's a slim chance today, but this is one of those things where, like, you know, if you aim for Wednesday, you get it Friday. So let's aim for Tuesday and maybe have it Wednesday or Thursday, and that's okay. Um, so I think we'll have it tomorrow, and I'm super excited about that. Did you? Did you? basically shed all the like all your existing mrr when you pivoted the product yeah 100 percent. so we are at zero mrr move like (laughs) yeah maybe i should just share like legit revenue for summit we had 20 i think we had 2500 dollars a month in revenue and we burned it to the ground (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean not interesting not interesting um, yeah. <laughs> next <laughs> i just yeah not i mean I, I and and here's the thing you know there's just there was no way to map those we needed a new product completely new product with completely yeah, yeah. new pricing model sense. and everything else so there was no way in our minds to go we don't need to we don't need to bring these people in it's not a legacy thing if you're willing to pay, so our ARPU on the last version of the product was $134 a month. Um, and our new ARPU, well, it's going to start at 12. We think people are going to have teams on it. So it's not going to stay at 12. Maybe it'll be 36 or 48. We don't know. That'd be nice, right? Um, and we'll have more expensive tiers too. So we, we don't know yet. But the fact is, <laughs> we weren't going to tell somebody who's paying us $150 a month. I wasn't going to spend time telling them that they could pay 12 now. And so we basically did the, you know, if they like it, they're going to pay 12. They, they just got done paying 150. What we said was we, we just want a clean slate. And frankly, a $2,500 a month business growing not fast enough is just not interesting enough. And the feedback was so, anyway, all the reasons. So we did not make our decision to pivot based on the fact that we had no revenue. And we also didn't make it with any regards for for revenue. We were just like, we want fast growth, we want high growth, and we want an exciting product that's just like, yeah, we, we want that acceleration. So, um, and the fact that we didn't see it meant that we were on the wrong track, right? Or maybe we were on the right track, but we needed to shift gears a lot. And I think 
going down market with the pricing. So yeah, we're we're at zero, which is fun. I mean, we have we have a brand new slate. Um, over three thousand email addresses though on the free plan that tried the previous product. You know, over three hundred people have signed up for early access. Um, and so it's not like we're starting from nothing, but we're starting from zero from a revenue standpoint. So, um, yeah. Wow. Exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, our sincere belief is that we can cross that number quickly with the new thing and not even, you know, if that's not in the rear view after a few months, we're on the wrong, you know, again, it's maybe not that exciting. My my hope is that we're at that price. We're at that number soon, you know? Um, so we're just like 200 paying customers, something like that. Yeah. 200 subscription users. Yep. And I think that I've already been playing with conversion rates. Like, I don't think that's going to be the hard part for this business in, in that sense of getting to that number. The price is low enough and the interest is broad enough. I think the much, I think the harder hill is going to be the, how do we go from 2,500 to 25,000, right? And then definitely 25,000 to 250,000, right? Where Wherever we really want to get to. I think like this shifts over into a marketing challenge pretty quick, which I'm really excited about. Like I haven't had one of those in a long time that I can really sink my teeth into, but I'm, I'm thinking. So maybe the manager update is um, in addition to managing the project of getting all this out the door and managing these horizons of charging and launch and et cetera, opening up access wider and wider. I am thinking now about our outbound efforts and saying, yeah, it's great. We're going to have inbound organic interest, Twitter. I'm going to keep doing my thing, but there's probably some segment out there that I could somehow launch a bit of an air attack, if you will, and find a very high leverage channel that says, could I reach, can I reach 10,000 people, 10,000 companies or a hundred thousand companies that are in this space that, you know, I do think despite the fact that we have a horizontal product, it really helps to have a, a segment where your product initially can thrive and really put down roots. And yeah, you know, they talk to each other a bit about one of these segments, I think. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'm happy to talk about it in here. So I've been, I've been challenged by two people who did not talk to each other within a period of two days, um, to seriously consider e-commerce in terms of application for a summit, because first of all, there's over a million merchants on Shopify. I don't know what the exact number is, but Google, I did a quick Google search. It's like over a million, who knows, could be 5 million. Now it's growing ridiculous every day. Um, and e-commerce merchants have inventory cogs, real cogs, inventory concerns, real timing issues, you know, real vendors that are mission critical to their business. Overall, just real operations that a model, if it worked, would actually be even more um, beneficial, I'll say than somebody who runs a super high margin SaaS business where there is infinite inventory, very little operations, self-serve. Like, yeah, we want to grow and we don't want to run out of money. And there's like a hiring plan aspect. But day-to-day cash flow and product flow for an e-commerce merchant, I think Summit can actually do some like 
mind-blowing things for them. The challenge is just making it simple enough that they can digest it. There's some fun education there and a great template play. I think there is. And I think, um, so I've been working my network and I have now, once I'm ready, I can talk to, so I know at least, I know a person who knows a Shopify consultant, which is a whole thing. There's influencers who just help Shopify merchants sell more and sell better, which makes total sense when you think about it. Um, but you know, these kind of people who have 10, 20, 30,000 followers on Twitter who are like Shopify gurus and basically are teaching the world how to, you know, do amazing at e-commerce. So I, I think that's like a partnership opportunity of saying, let's work on a template together maybe, and you can promote that template and share it with your, there's also the professional services angle. So I talked to a boutique or I know of a boutique, like e-commerce consultancy that does like strategy and really high touch services for e-commerce um companies and i could see summit yeah a really nice strategy whiteboarding tool for those kinds of folks and then there's the big big play which is like hey could i get shopify to somehow you know i I looked it up like when you sign up for a shopify merchant account you can get like a little business plan template sent to you it's really bad really based like really crude really really basic which it needs to be don't get me wrong but like what you can do with it is very weak you know it's it's very very weak so if i can make something that's much stronger but still as simple right is there a way of getting in front of the shopify folks and saying hey you got a blog post you're linking to a google sheet or an excel sheet a summit template is going to be way more powerful and you know, yeah, maybe give people the option, but like that'd be obviously incredible exposure um, for Summit. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm thinking of a podcast as well. I I used to listen to it, even though it's not really. I'm not really into e-commerce or doing anything in that mm-hmm. space. But they have the this podcast is so high energy, and it's like it's about the whole. It's called I think it's called Freedom Fast Lane. It's just, uh, but it's really like trying to sell the dream of like, you can become an independent. You oh, can yeah. Start a Shopify store and you can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think that's the. He's also the kind of guy who would be perfect for talking about Summit because he's like super into the whole, you know, showing you what, how that's actually possible, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what Summit would help do. Yes. I think the. So even though it's sophisticated in terms of its its capabilities, I think the fact that it's visual and the fact that it's colorful and visual and boxes and arrows, I think since actually, and, and you can write, now you can actually create boxes and write text. You could picture kind of a co-sponsored template where it is kind of step one, put in your whatever number here. Step two, put in your yeah. number here, right? And that could really work like i could see that and i'm so i'm talking to also an aggregator a data integration company who is working with um square data and others if you use square if you use shopify you can um share your credentials then with a third party like summit and say hey have edit you know i want you to help me analyze my business so long story short i could 
end up pulling or I want to end up pulling Shopify data directly into your modeling. So, you know, one thing Summit's really good at, so this is actually something that's come up again and again throughout the last year. Summit's actually really good at seasonal forecasting. Like it has a built-in seasonal forecasting tool that could bring in your history and help you see patterns that are very focused on, you know, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Christmas week, whatever, like we can see those things. Or if you're a florist, it'll see February, right? Like, I think actually that, like, I'm getting really excited because I think maybe I've been like, just ignorant of this the whole time. And it's kind of right under my nose. Like, I just should go talk to more merchants and more people yeah we should we serve you them. should talk to jordan for sure right he's the shopify man i and did then yeah we i should also talk to ruben gamis because he's the template man like he's mm. he's been doing that for 10 years hmm. just nailing templates and you know proposal templates and stuff like that and doing seo around that and oh i would right. love to talk to him about that someday right right yeah, so this gets into we want to do a little bit of roadmap, uh, a ro the roadmap view. Sharing is going to be something that we focus on to help with growth. Nice. A shareable URL to a model you build, which is a template, and then being able to share that URL with somebody, they click it, and when they get there, they can't change it or edit it or whatever, but there's a call to action at the top that says, install this template or start using this template in your own summit account would then let any of these thought leaders create these templates and promote them to their audience and say look how easy we've made it for you to do better at running your business right um yeah that's awesome and like they can with this whiteboarding stuff like they can really make it their own like they can they can do a model but they can also add like a giant text box with like eventually at least their logo and some text about them and some links other to their call to actions yeah and, links to their content right yeah. like sign up for 90 days of whatever whatever right inside the yeah right yeah. inside the template exactly um which is awesome yeah it that <laughs> it's amazing how these things kind of these these basic capabilities feed off one another right because now you can add text i love the non-opinionated like that generic feature because it's like oh yeah you're right if you're making a template and your goal is to use the template as a marketing tool putting some text in there that says you know hey here's a discount code and sign up for whatever if you like this template we'd love to help you build your your shop why yeah. not i'm not going to stop him from doing that and frankly it's great for me they could the share link could also be an affiliate link mm. so if an influencer shares a summit link they could get commissions right right i'm pretty excited if this <laughs> <laughs> so build the capabilities build and then i you know find these influencers who have that light bulb and frankly you know it wouldn't be hard go find the influencers who already have built these templates search for shopify excel template find the people that are already doing it and say look yeah. put this right alongside your Excel and G Sheets one, and oh by the way, we'll pay you if anybody uh, signs up through it. Um, yeah. So my brain's thinking about marketing and go to market, and very excited about shifting into that zone because I feel like the product is V one complete. Uh, but a few bugs here and there aside, but like it works, which is exciting.
<laughs> it works. It works. You happen to know it works. I used it this morning. Ah, fun, fun. Well, I, I hope you will become a customer soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Not twisting. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel Tune like, in I, next week. I felt, yeah, I felt that. Yeah, to see if we're still <laughs> doing this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I would never hold it against you. But, you know, if you ask me for a freebie, <laughs> 12 bucks a month, I'm gonna, it's okay. We'll just end up bartering each other's stuff and neither Friend of us will discount. make money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, yeah, on the personal front, later this week, going to the coast for a couple of days to celebrate our daughter's 17th birthday. So I'll be out of, be away from the keyboard for a while, which is exciting. And uh, looking forward to that. Kind of the last summer, last summer hurrah for us. So should be fun. Sweet. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, big moment. Um, yeah, man. So exciting times yeah indeed shall we end here uh, (laughs) i'll chat you next week can't wait (laughs) on the mic (laughs) all right take care see you man bye for now bye